Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Tonight I want to bring you a third installment on the theme of disciple. Uh, What a disciple is, who a disciple is, what a disciple does. The call of God upon our lives as disciples. And you know, uh, where I'm going to start tonight is there. I hear the ache of so many Christians. And the ache I hear coming from their heart is, is that, James, I want to be more effective. Do you ever have that? Do you have that in your life? I want to be more effective. I want to see more fruit in my life. I want to see God moving through me in a greater way so that I can impact people's lives. Because you see, when you don't see fruit, you feel barren. And barrenness is a horrible feeling to deal with. Uh, I've met a number of women over the years who have been barren and couldn't have children. And they become so desperate uh, in that stage of their lives. And, uh, you know, if you are feeling barren tonight, I I want to encourage you that Rachel couldn't have children. And she cried out to the Lord and she said, Lord, give me children lest I die. May that be the prayer of every believer's heart. Give me spiritual children lest I die. Amen. You're going to see tonight as we open up the word and as we talk about the words of Jesus, you're going to see tonight that that is exactly the cry that God wants to place within our hearts. And so Jesus Christ has actually designed us to bear fruit. But it's not like what we can sometimes think it can be. It's not like hearing a motivational speaker getting revved up and saying, yeah, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it. And you go out there and you fall flat on your face as a Christian because that's not how it works. And so tonight I want to talk to you about how true fruit is produced in a Christian's life. And fruit that's not just here one day and gone the next, but fruit that lasts, Jesus said, and fruit that remains in within our lives. You know, just like a fruit tree, we all have seasons. And we know what it's like when we're not producing fruit. But we also know that just as we have four seasons in the year, that there is a day coming where there's a new season of fruit that God wants to bless and and bring through our lives. And so we look forward to that day. and And tonight I want to be able to delve into the Word, because if you find God's methods of fruitfulness within your life, just as Arwen had that vision tonight, I love that, brother. I love that vision tonight of having a corridor in heaven uh, about what we did. That church, wasn't that church at Huapai a blast? You know, didn't we see God do great things there? And that's got to be our confession. You know, we haven't come here because we thought it was a good idea. We've come here because we believe it's a God idea. And if God has commissioned us to be in Huapai, let me tell you something. We have jurisdiction, we have authority, we have the right in this place to exercise God's authority. And that means to see people saved, see people healed, see people set free, to see lives changed. And so when you begin to fruit, uh, fruit in your life, you begin to see this take place around about you in people's lives. People are going to be in heaven because of you. Being involved in this church and being involved in your relationship with Jesus. People can know God because of you. People can be set free from lifelong bondages in their life because 
we decided to do it God's way and get the fruit flowing through our lives. I want to open tonight with the call of the original disciples in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. We've looked at this verse before. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so he's making an announcement. He's declaring this is a new day on planet Earth. He's saying there's never been anything like what I'm about to show you. It's never been here before. This is a new day. Something is right at hand here and he calls it the kingdom of heaven. The scripture interchanges the phrase kingdom of heaven with the kingdom of God. He's saying God's kingdom is about to be introduced on planet earth as it is in heaven, so it shall be on earth. Jesus walked under an open heaven. Jesus Christ continually had angels ascending and descending over his life as he walked under an open heaven. And Jesus announces to these two men, it's time to change the way that you've been thinking about your life. If you want to access this new move, if you want to access what I'm about to do on the earth, you can't stay with the same thinking. You've got to change your thinking. That's what repentance means. It literally means to have a change of mind. It means to think in a new way. So he says, first of all, he says this. And then secondly, he calls his disciples to a life of followership. Not a religious system. Not a man-made organisation. He didn't call them to a membership where you had to sign up for something in order to get something else. He called people to a life of followership. And this is the beginning of the secret of a fruitful life. You're not being called to me. You're not being called to a church. You're not being called to an organization. You're called to Jesus and to follow Jesus and build a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we follow him, he said something's going to happen. That is a tremendous thing. And he says this, follow me. And what? I will make you fishers of men. In other words, if you follow me correctly, there's going to be fruit following the evidence that I'm at work within your life. And that fruit is, I'm going to give you the ability to catch men. You've been catching fish up until now, but I'm going to give you the ability to be able to convince men by the power of the Holy Spirit that they need to follow Jesus too. Don't we like, that's what we need. That's what we need. There is, you know, for me, becoming a Christian, the most exciting thing that, ha that happens other than my relationship with Jesus Christ, the most wonderful thing is when I can be a midwife and stand next to a person and lead them to Jesus Christ so that they can have this incredible relationship with Jesus. So today I want to talk with us about being a fruit-bearing follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple that bears fruit. And I'll get some good news for you today. Some people really struggle with their self-esteem. Oh, I don't do much for Jesus. I feel like I'm a bit of a loser. I don't really feel like my life has really made an impact, you know, with people. And so they end up coming down on themselves. But I want to tell you today, if you catch a hold of this today, then this is a new day for you. This is a new day for your life. And we're going to do part two next week where I'm going to focus on aspects of fruit bearing, i.e. pruning. How many love pruning? 
How many, how many look at a tree that's pruned and goes, that's severe, that's severe. You look so ugly right now, but I want to tell you, you can have ugly seasons in your life, but the fruit is about to come. When God gives you a trim up, when God begins to trim your branches and He begins to prune you down, you get ready, there's a season of new growth that's about to come within your life. And we're going to talk next week about the role of the Word in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So tonight we're going to focus in on the secret to getting the fruit flowing within yours and my life. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul wrote this, verse 9. And he said to me, this is Jesus speaking directly to Paul, and he's speaking to you tonight. My grace is sufficient for you. I want to say that to you again. Because no matter where you are tonight, because sometimes we see the call, sometimes we see the demand of Jesus upon our life, Take up your cross daily. Deny yourself. Come and follow me. And we say it's too steep. It's too hard. It's too difficult. And Christ comes right back at you tonight and He says, My grace, my unmerited favour and goodness and kindness is sufficient for you. It's more than enough. Can I hear an amen tonight? It's more than enough for what God has called you to do. What He calls you to do, He enables you to do. And this is how He does it. This is how God works. Look at this. My strength is made perfect in your strength. Nah. How does He begin to shine through our lives? When we begin to acknowledge how much we need Him, how weak we are. And once we start getting on that buzz, it's not a put down. It's not saying I'm just a worm of a person. It's acknowledging that in me there's so much weakness. But you've promised me that as I acknowledge my weakness and connection with you, your strength will be perfected within my life. Now that's good news for anybody because as weak as you feel tonight, God says, that's it, you're on track because I'm about to display my power through your life. I'm about to light you up like a Christmas tree so all the world can see what I'm doing in your life, no matter how weak you may feel. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon you. Can I remind you, the man who wrote this was a Pharisee of Pharisees. The man who wrote this was taught under the number one rabbi in Jewish culture, Gamaliel. Gamaliel personally tutored the Apostle Paul, and he was the one. They, these guys could memorize the first five books, the Pentateuch of the Bible. They knew every word by memory. These guys were high-powered intellectual guys. And here he is, he's saying, I'm not going to boast in my memorization of Scripture. I'm not going to boast in the fact that I've been in the halls of education and I'm educated more than my other fellows that are Pharisees. He said this, I would rather boast in my infirmities so that the power of Christ can rest upon me. Is anybody alive in this place tonight? That is good news for us as we acknowledge Christ working in and through us. So we're going to look at the parable of the vine tonight, which has so many, so much depth to it. And this is where we're getting our content from tonight and next week from. And we're going to start in verse 1, because that's all we need to go for a minute. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. No, 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 he didn't. He said, I am the true vine. 
Many misquote this verse. I am the, I am the vine, you are the branches. He said, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser and you are the branches. You see, Jesus was saying this. This is what you're saying. I'm not a substitute. I'm not a copy. I'm not a fake. He said, I'm the real deal. I'm the true vine. You see, here's the reality right now around our world, especially with digital marketing now. You jump on Facebook, you Google anything now on Google and all of a sudden all your social media is plastered with adverts of what you were looking for on Google. The system is so smart now, they can track down to your computer, to your handheld device, and they can target you. And everybody wants you to hook up with their vine. The tentacles of the vine are going out to capture the hearts of men and women. And Jesus said, I am the true vine. The one that you need to connect to is me. If you connect to me, then you're going to find some astounding things will begin to take place. No copy, the original. You see, the devil's the master of deception. And what he'll do, he'll think up fanciful organisations, religious organisations even, and say, if you connect to us, then you'll find the real deal. I've never been like that. We go back to the source of it all, who is Jesus Christ, the true vine. And when we connect with Him, He's a living organism and out of living organisms come life. Praise God. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. And so many vines are going out there declaring, I'm the truth, I'm the way. But Jesus said, no, 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 I'm the true vine. And when we hear what he's about to say, we understand why it's so important that we plug into the true vine, the original, not a copy, not a counterfeit, but the real deal, Jesus Christ himself tonight. Because when you've got the original, all others are copies, right? When you've got the original, all others are copies. We want the original. We want the real deal. So here we go, church. You've ever heard of that uh, phrase? The church is a mile wide and an inch, wide and an inch deep. Yeah, we'll say deep, everybody. Deep. 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 We're going deeper. All right, we're going deeper. Let's carry on. I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, listen, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Sure. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Don't misquote this again, without me you're nothing. No, he said, without me you can do nothing. So all of our works and all of our efforts and all of our desires and all of our man-made original ideas of doing, 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 as Jeff alluded to in the communion, of our religious works, they're worth nothing unless they originated with the source, 
with Jesus. Without me, you can do nothing. You remember what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth? He said, one day every single one of you believers are going to have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Well, you're going to see his hair as white as wool, whiter than mine. Hallelujah. And his eyes blazing with fire. <laughs> and as he looks at you, he's going to look straight through your soul. All right, and the Bible says that all of us will be judged according to the works that we've done after we receive Jesus. This is not a judgment of heaven or hell because Christ's blood has already brought us into eternal life. This is a judgment of rewards. Friends, I want you to understand that there are rewards up in eternity. Did you know that? that we will be judged according to the way that we've lived our lives and rewards are going to be handed out to every believer. And this is what Paul said. He said, some of you, you've only built your life on wood, hay or stubble. What happens to wood, hay or stubble when you put a match to it? Guess what's left? Ashes. Ashes, nothing of substance. What Paul's saying, some of you have received Christ, but then you've gone on just to do whatever you want to do with your life. You said, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this. But you haven't asked Jesus, you haven't connected to the vine and you're off doing your own sweet little thing. And Paul said, that's, that's wood, hay or stubble. That's just gonna go up in flames. But those of you who have been obedient and connected to the vine, gold, silver and precious stones you've built into your life, things that don't vaporise when you put a match to them and rewards will be given. And then he said this, some of you, at that great judgment seat of Christ are going to be like those running through the flames of a house fire where everything's been burnt. You will escape. You will make it to heaven, but there's going to be no rewards. Wow. Take a look for yourself. 1 Corinthians 3. It's a shocking read. It's a shocking read. Ah. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Can I ask you a very simple question? This isn't a high IQ question. All right. What is the purpose of planting a vineyard? To produce fruit. To produce fruit. Christ has put you on this planet. Christ originated your DNA and your seed in your mother's womb. You were shaped and formed, according to Psalm 139, in your mother's womb. He has prepared a plan and a purpose for you. And that purpose for you is to produce fruit that's been born out of your connection to the vine. You're a branch, Jesus is the vine. And out of that, that vibrant, living, organic connection of your relationship with the vine, the branch begins to bear 
fruit. Hallelujah. That branch begins. And Jesus said, one of the signs that you're connected with me is that you'll bear much fruit. Much fruit. He said, by this, by this people will know that you're my disciples. Hello. All right, it's challenging, isn't it? And so the whole topic of this parable is about producing fruit coming out of your life through your connection with Christ. And if you look carefully at the parable, there's four stages. Verse 2 says there's no fruit. There bears no fruit. Then he says stage 1 is bearing fruit. Stage 2 is bearing more fruit. Stage 3 in verse 5 bears much fruit. No fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. There's a progressive journey in all of our lives where we come to the stage of producing much fruit and thereby glorifying Jesus Christ. I don't want to be barren. Do you want to be barren? Do you want to be in that place where you get to the end of your life and it's wood, hay or stubble? There are rewards that God is waiting for us. Are we motivated by rewards? Yes, Lord. We'll just be grateful that you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. But at the end of the day too, he's put us on a planet for a purpose and for a reason. Praise God. So what's the secret here, friends? What's the secret to bearing fruit? Let me give you the secret. It's one little word, five-letter word, and it's the word abide. This word in this parable that Jesus taught on the vine is mentioned 10 times. 10 times in the short story that Jesus told, abide is mentioned. Abide in me, verse 4, and I in you. And the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Are we getting the picture here? When we understand what the word means, it means to remain. It means to continue. It means to stay. Now I want you to put those words alongside your relationship with Jesus Christ tonight. I want you to screen those words of abide, remaining, continuing, staying, how many times do we get distracted in developing a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ? How many times do we see the devil sow a thought within our mind? And instead of staying and remaining in the presence, we're running off. We're running off doing our own thing. We're running off chasing our own dreams. And Jesus said, if you'll learn the secret of remaining in me, if you'll learn the secret like Joshua, the Bible says, who lingered at the tabernacle long after everybody had gone home, where the pillar of God's power of the cloud and fire was remaining over the tabernacle, the Bible says that Joshua remained and he lingered, he stayed, he continued in the presence and as a result of that, he was chosen by God to go into the promised land and to be the commander of God's army and said, be strong of great courage for you will go in and you will possess the land. Who wants to possess their land for Jesus tonight? Amen. And so, you know, this is the core of what Jesus was talking about and it's the exact opposite of being a shallow Christian. A shallow Christian has no remaining power, no staying power, no continuing power. We're flittering and fluttering around like a butterfly. And Jesus said, lock it down. 
If you'll abide in me and you'll allow my words to abide in you, you're going to ask whatever you will and it will be done. Your life's going to be a shining example of a person who has power with God in prayer because answers are going to be flying back your way, left, right and centre because you've learnt the secret to fruitfulness, abiding and remaining in Him. Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. Nothing. Do you know what nothing means? Nothing. Praise God. Awesome. You got the right answer there, Viv. Praise the Lord. And so unless we're connected, and I, and I just simply put it like this, it's, it's union through that relationship. It's union that produces communion. It's as simple as that. It's union, the branch united with the vine, the organic relationship that you're developing with Christ Union producing communion. What's communion? It's intimacy. It's relationship. And so we see tonight that as we learn to abide, you see, in the natural, with a vine, all you have to make sure is that the vine's getting the right nutrients in order for the branch to produce fruit. It just remains it stays. But in a marriage, in a marriage, it doesn't work like that. When we got married, we were united together. But union producing communion, the intimacy side has to be developed, maintained, worked at in order to build a great marriage. It's not automatic like a branch abiding in the vine. It has to be worked at in order for that relationship. And it's the same way. As we learn to abide, what do we do? We learn to wait in the presence of God. We learn to worship. We learn to meditate on the Word day and night. It becomes our food. We learn to read our Bible and allow the connection of God's Word to come into our heart. We learn how to pray. It starts off with a few minutes before we run out the door, grab a cup of coffee. Thanks, Lord. Uh, Yubba dub dub. Thanks for the grub. Now I'm off to work. Bless my day. Bless my wife. Bless my family. And off we go. But we haven't stayed. We haven't remained. We haven't connected. We're running out the door on a woman of prayer. God says, I want to go deeper. I want to develop your life into a place and a pattern where you're going to find a flow of my spirit working in and through your branch because you've learned to connect with the vine. And that union is producing communion. It's producing relationship within your life. How can I tell? How can I tell that I'm abiding? Jesus made it very, very clear. He said four things in this, and I'm not going to give you a four-point sermon, but this is what he said. This is how you know. Number one, you know you're abiding because you're producing fruit. It's one of the clear signs that Jesus said, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may produce more fruit. Secondly, he said, your prayer life will see regular answers. He said, if you abide in me, you allow my word to remain in me. You will ask. Whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Come on. When's the last time you can say you've seen a substantial, clear answer to prayer out of your communion and your union with Christ where you're seeing regular answers on a regular basis? If you are, then that's a sign that you've reached 
the connection point of abiding in Christ. The third thing he said in this thing that we've just read, he said, you're going to experience my love in a deeper way. You're not going to be a harsh, hypocritical, judgmental believer that's always pulling other people down. You're going to be a person that's saturated with my love, that loves people, and people love hanging around you because you're full of love. You know, one of those people that you squeeze and there's just criticism and arguments and all sorts of things coming out of your mouth and you're always running someone else down and in order to feel good out of your life. This is what Jesus said. Look at this. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Remain in my love. So you're going to be a much more loving person. And lastly, he said this. The final sign that you're abiding in me is that you're going to be full of joy. Look at this. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Not half a tank. Not a quarter of a tank. Not like when we were young, we used to run around on E all the time. Anybody know that feeling? Running around on E all the time. E for enough. So I always used to say, E for enough. Praise God. But the reality is, he said this, if you're abiding in me, there's one sign that's going to set you apart and it's this. You're going to have a full tank of joy. Would people, if I asked them to describe your life tonight to people who know you, would they describe you as a joyful person? It's very quiet in this first church of the frigid air tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a good question, isn't it? So what are we talking about what kind of fruit, souls, goals, things? Many churches talk about we need to get results. Results is what we need. Results is a sign that God is with us. And I hear this sign all the time amongst Christian workers and pastors and leaders. Friends, I want to tell you something. A machine produces results, so do robots produce results. We're not talking about results. We're talking about a living organism that produces fruit. It takes time to cultivate, to grow a vineyard before you're going to get your first crop of fruit. If you do the gardening right, if you look after your vineyard, if you allow Christ to come and abide within your life, then you will see uh, a product that will come forth that is living fruit within your own life. And as we come to a close, I want to also remind us of another thing. And it's a very simple thought that the Lord gave to me some time ago where he said to me, James, I've called you to grow fruit on your branch. I want to remind you that a branch doesn't produce fruit for itself. A branch produces fruit so people can come and pick that fruit off the branch. Hello? So often I hear believers talking about what's in it for me. What's the bottom line for me? They're bought into consumerism. If I come to your church, what are you going to do for me? That's not, that's not being a branch that's producing fruit because you're supposed to grow fruit so others can actually enjoy what's coming off your life. Blessed to be a blessing. Allowing the Spirit of God to work in your life in such a way you're such an attractive vine that people are going to come and pick the grapes off your branch 
because they can see that something really, really good is happening. You ever seen an unpruned vineyard? Let's have a look at this next photo. That's what it looks like. Isn't that ugly? Just a scrambled mess of branches. That's a life that has taken no care. That's a life that is displaying, she'll be right, mate. <laughs> Good Kiwi attitude. She'll be right, we'll get there in the end. Do you know what kind of fruit that, that kind of vine produces? The smallest of smallest of grapes that taste disgusting. And next time we meet here, we're going to discover that if you will allow Christ to come and prune your life, a vineyard that's been pruned has none of those little branches on. They're all cut off. They're all stripped away. Do you know why? So that you can produce beautiful, lovely, big, excellent tasting grapes out of your life where there's quality and quantity coming out of your life. Praise God tonight. So, as we finish this, I'm sweating, I don't have the coronavirus, so I'm sweating because it's hot in here tonight. Um, as we finish this message uh, this evening, the greatest thing that I can encourage you to do tonight is to develop a genuine, abiding place of relationship where Christ in you, the hope of glory, is beginning to radiate out through the branches of your life because you have learned to remain in Him. You've learned not to run off and flitter and flutter around, but you've learned how to dig deeper in your walk with Jesus. And as a result of that, all of a sudden you're seeing every day people, people are just coming up to you. They're talking to you. They're asking you questions. Literally, when's the last time somebody came up to you and said, what is it about you, man? What is it about you, lady? What is it about you? you? There's something that you've got. There's something different about you that I don't see in other people. I had a great conversation with a lady at lunchtime as I was getting my lunch. I always try and engage with people wherever I am today. And I had a fantastic conversation with the lady. She, they, people get intrigued when you're full of joy. People get intrigued and they want to develop a conversation even when they're working. They want to develop a conversation. So I had a wonderful conversation about the amazing, cool life that I live as a Christian and as a pastor and as a leader. And she couldn't ask me enough questions. They came one after another and I think, oh, I'm supposed to be working. I can't, I can't, I really want to have a conversation with you. And so, you know, that can happen on a daily basis in our lives allowing the fruit of God's Spirit to flow through us because we've learned how to abide. Can we just stand to our feet tonight?